Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Let's have a word of prayer if we would. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that you'll bless us as we open your word. Lord, as you uh, speak to our hearts, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be open for your word, open to your moving in our life, and open to the instruction of the Spirit of God. Lord, we pray that you would uh, allow us this opportunity to praise you, to glorify you, to magnify you with all that we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, turn with me, if you will, to Psalm chapter 121. Um, So many times, things just don't go the way that we think. Sometimes it turns out for something good, like last Sunday night when uh, y'all had a good service, when you didn't know what was going to happen. Sometimes not so much. Uh, I, I remember throughout my young adult life just loving being a part of church, loving being in church. My parents uh, were the kind of parents that uh, made sure that we were always at church, and, and they instilled within us a love of God's people, a love of the church, a love of those who serve God, Uh, I mean, it was nothing for our pastor to be over at our house. Uh, He he was always invited. We always uh, encouraged him to to be over there. I I remember one of the first things uh, that I remembered about my pastor growing up was that I was just a little tight, and he was, and don't ever expect me to do this, okay, because I can't do it, but he was over at our house, and he, and and he was standing on his head. Uh, the first thing I remember of my uh, uh, pastor growing up was being young and him coming over to our house and standing on his head. Now, I can't do that, so don't expect me to do it. I can't stand on my head. Uh, but he, he came over and he'd stand on his head and he'd do all kinds of stuff. And he was, he was just, we just had a, a love for God's people and a love for God's church. And, and I, I remember being in, in church even when the church wasn't open. I mean, it, we'd go, in, uh, go up to the church in the middle of the afternoon and, and my brother and I would get on our backs and we'd crawl up underneath the pews and, and we'd scrape all the gum off of the bottom of the pews. We, we would, if there was a reason to be at church, we were there. We were just always there. And uh, I remember that we, there was just a, a, such a love and a desire to be in, with God's people that when it came time for me to, to choose what uh, I felt led to do in my life, it was nothing to, to say... It was just natural to say, I want to be in God's house serving Him. I just felt the call of God so deeply in my heart that it just, there there was no doubt in my mind that that was the call that God was placing on my life to serve Him, to 
to live a life of service. And uh, so much so, I, I tailored my life to follow in that pattern of being prepared and ready to serve God. <laughs> when I went off to college, it, it was natural to say, well, I'm going to be a religion major because that's uh, I'm going to go into the ministry and serve. I got, uh, as many of you remember from when I came to, uh, to share with you about myself, I was licensed to preach while I was still in high, uh, still in high school. Uh, it was also at the it went once I graduated from high school. I remember during that summer that I was ordained to the ministry. I could uh, marry people uh, right out of high school. I, I mean, right, that's a scary thought. But I, uh, and, you know, the laws of the land were that if you're an ordained minister, you can marry people. And I wasn't even twenty one. I was eighteen years old, and I could do that. Um, but. I wanted to have my home church, the people that I grew up loving, the people that poured so much of their life into me to be the ones to ordain me. And so uh, so I was ordained uh, right out of high school, going into college. And, and uh, I, I remember, uh, no, uh, that's not right. I was licensed to preach when I uh, went off to college, but... Uh, it was when I graduated from college that, that I was ordained. I was 21 when I was ordained. But uh, we were about to go off to seminary in Texas, and uh, uh, I still wanted my home church to do that. Um, so I, it, it, was, it was strange being in ministry and, and uh, hitting the, the, the speed bumps that come along. You know, uh, I'm sure it's the same way in any profession, uh, really. Uh, you know, if you're a teacher, you probably dreamed of the day when you'd be a teacher, and then when you're actually thrown in uh, to the lion's den with all them little youngins, that then things change completely from what you expect. Now, I remember the first uh, speed bump that I hit when I was in. Uh, ministry, and I remember the first challenge, real challenge that I faced in ministry, and I, I can remember thinking, it's not supposed to be this way. It's not, I'm not supposed to, you know, God's people are supposed to love each other. God's people are supposed to be there for one another. It's supposed to be pure joy to serve God. And for the most, most part, it was. But there were times in ministry that I, I often wondered, what's going on? It's not supposed to be this way. This passage of Scripture in Psalms 121 is that encouragement, that song of, of solace that we can turn to. Now, David... Here's David. He's been anointed by God, God's prophet, to be the next king. But yet he's in limbo land. He, you know, Saul's still the king of, of the land. And, and not only that, but Saul wants to kill David. 
David, I'm sure, is wondering, what in the world's going on, God? You, you've called me to be the king, and, and uh, you know, he's probably thinking, I, I'm certainly willing to, to lead your people. But what, what's the deal with, with trying to, to kill me? And these are the words that David penned during those really trying times, those really difficult times. He says, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. And he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, and he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. You know, oftentimes... We wonder, where are we going to get the help that we need? Where are we going to really look to get us out of this spot? As a young pastor, I knew that God was there for me. And I knew that God would be with me. But sometimes when you're facing those hard, hard decisions, when you know something has to be done and you just don't know what, it, what you've got to do, you know the right thing to do, but the right thing is like stepping into a pit of vipers. And the easy thing would be just to simply step back and say, well, I'm not going to worry about it at all. And you're wondering, God, are you really there for me? Why are you leading me into this? Why am I having to, to deal with this? Well, the problem is, is that oftentimes we think that once we get saved, once we accept Jesus into our heart, everything is easy. But, they, but what we need to understand is, is that throughout our life, throughout our Christian walk, there'll be times where there'll be challenges, where we, we have to really say to ourselves, do we really trust in God? David here said, where am I going to find my help? Where am I going to... I'm going to lift my eyes unto the hills. And where am I going to find my help? My help, he says, comes from God. And oftentimes we have to remember who we really trust. That's not always easy when you've got people that... I remember the first time I heard a deacon say to me, well, you know, preacher, it's, it's, it's good to have all that faith and everything, but at the end of the day, you still got to have money in the bank. I cannot believe that. You, you just don't know the, the heart sink that I had when I first heard somebody that was supposed to to be the strong one in the church. Say that kind of thing. 
Oh, preacher, we all know you're supposed to preach those things, but this is the real Word. You can't expect people to, to do those things. Those kind of words coming out of a deacon's mouth really challenge you. Now, are we really just, are we just playing games here? Or we, do we really believe what we say we believe? David was the guy who trusted in God when nobody else would. Who went out there as a little shepherd boy instead of in the big <coughs> king's armor to face the giant. And with God's help, he, uh, he slew the giant when everybody else was quaking in their boots. And yet, here David is facing an even bigger challenge. God's telling him that his path leads this way. It seems as though everybody in the world is facing against him. We're not supposed to have those kind of problems. God lit, you know, have you ever lit, uh, seen the day when you say to yourself, I, but I'm a Christian, I'm not supposed to face those problems. God's supposed to get me out of these kind of things. And so David's saying, where am I going to find my help? Well, we need to remember the first thing that David says. Who am I going to find to help me? Is my help going to come over the next ridge and the mountain? They're going to come storming in here. You know, uh, am I going to be surrounded by the Indians and all of a sudden hear the sound of the trumpet of the cavalry and, and see the horses come streaming over the top of the mountain and they, and they coming to rescue me? from certain death? David said, no, I'm going to trust in the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. And in spite of all those situations, I'm going to trust in Him. We've got to trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in Him who created all things. He says in verse 3, in spite of all that's happening, He's not going to allow even my foot to be moved. Because He's not, he's not sleeping on the job. He's not unaware. You know, remember, I, whenever I read this and, and hear David talk about this, I'm reminded of Elijah when he's up on Mount Carmel. And uh, the prophets of Baal are all hooping and hollering and trying to get him to cause fire to fall down from heaven. And, and Elijah says, Hey, call out a little louder. Maybe he's asleep. Hey, call out a little louder. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's busy doing something else. Shout a little bit louder. 
David says, look, God doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's not distracted. He's not unaware. And, and really, we need to think, realize this. He's saying, look, when you're facing your most difficult challenges, don't let the thought enter your mind that you're too insignificant for God to know what you're going through. Because that's the thought that comes to mind. Well, God must not think this is too important to get me out of this. David said, no. He's not going to let your foot slip. He's not asleep. He's not slumbering. He's not distracted. He's not on vacation. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He said, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, and the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Why do you think David was saying that God is my shade? I don't know for sure, but I'm reminded of those children of Israel coming out of Egypt when they were marching through the wilderness, it had to be hot out there. But God led them by a cloud during the day, right? You remember that? Why a cloud? Well, it covered them over with shade. It blocked the sun. They were walking like a Sunday afternoon. They weren't roasting in the, in the desert, hot and Every time they needed water, God said, Hey, Moses, hit that rock over there. I'll get you some water. Hey, Moses, throw that stick in that stream. That water that you can't drink, I'll make it nice and pure and clean and sweet. So sweet, you'll enjoy drinking it. Hey, Moses, how about talking to that rock over there? I'll make some water come up out of it. Every turn, God was there. And in the night when... I've never been in the desert, but I know for a fact that as hot as the desert is during the day, it's that cold at night. And He led them by a big, huge pillar of fire. Why? So they could see where they were going, so it would keep wild animals away, so they'd be safe, and it would give them warmth. Plus, they could see the big flame, know where to go. David said, look, my God is not just simply there to keep me company. He's there to provide for me and He'll shade me and keep the worst from affecting me. He's the keeper of my soul. Verse 6 says, The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Verse 7, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil and shall preserve thy soul. And the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from, the time forth, uh, from this time forth and even evermore. David said, Look, 
It might seem like the end. It might seem like everything's coming to an end, but God is going to be there. Isn't that a wonderful comfort to know? That in the harshest of time, God's there. He not only provides comfort in your time of stress, but He's not going to allow it to overcome you. He'll be there to provide for you. And so, David's words of encouragement for himself give encouragement to us. In my time of stress, I know God is there for me. He's the God of all creation. He he made all that is, so it's nothing for Him to care for me. And the God that created all things, He's he's there and He's watching over me and He's got His hand out like this. He's providing shade so that I'm not so overwhelmed by the sun or the moon that I can't endure. And, And when I feel as though my resources are at an end, He's there to protect me and to see me through. What a wonderful thought. An understanding of knowing that God is there. That I'm not so insignificant that He doesn't care, but He loves me so much that He's there watching me, helping me through. In your time of struggle, in your time of of great need, in your time in which it seems as though all hope is lost, know that God is so close that He's watching everything that's going on. And as bad as it may seem, it's not nearly as bad as it would be if He wasn't there protecting you and watching over you. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You for Your great love and encouragement. We praise You for the fact that You're there always for us to see us through. Lord, we pray that You would bless us with this time of of encouragement. And Lord, help us to remember these words when we fall into that time of of despair, when we fall into that time of, of struggling, when we find that we've come upon a hard place in our life. Help us to always remember that You're there and that You're watching over us and that You're always there to see us through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.